Alright everybody, welcome to episode 21 of NPC Talk. My name is Inkronaut, and today is September 4th, 2015. And for uh, NPC Talk news, I remember last week I was talking about going to the Foundry for a special announcement, and that announcement was nothing special. Okay, okay, that's unfair to the Foundry. It was nothing special in terms of like melee and stuff. It was some Foundry news about them like starting up new tournaments. Um, but honestly, I don't know. I wasn't as excited as as I wanted to be. Um, but anyway, today we have another very special guest, uh, another good friend, and a, and a lifetime gamer, I would say. Johnny, how are you today? Good, thanks Chris for having <laughs> me on the show, and uh, Lifetime Gamer is very generous label that you've given to me, <laughs> considering the fact that uh, you've been calling me a non-gamer for uh, for a while now. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I make fun of him for being too busy for video games, because I personally don't understand what too busy for life itself is, but um, you know... We we still we still <laughs> forgive the plebs of video games the the filthy casuals. Well, you know I'll be your filthy casual number two. <laughs> show. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So um. Why don't you jump in and tell us a little bit about yourself as a gamer? Yeah. Sure. So um. I like many of your other uh, people that you interviewed. I played video games as early as I could remember holding a controller. So. Uh, the earliest video game I remember playing was the Super Mario on the Nintendo, mm-hmm. uh, the original Nintendo. I don't remember which one it was called. I think it might have been number one or two. It's the one that was included with the Duck Hunt. Oh, that's one. Yeah, yeah so uh, number one. And my family would always point out to the fact that, oh, you know, Johnny's so smart because he's able to pick up those uh, video game controller at such a young age and be able to figure out how to play it. <laughs> And I honestly, I don't remember any of it. I, I doubt I was actually playing very well. It was just, you know, just the fact that I was able to play something and see it move on the screen that probably amazed me the most. Yeah. And uh, ever since that day, you know, I've played a lot of uh, video games growing up, um, all, all the way until, say, I would say, like college. And uh, it slowly started to drop off when um, games uh, started, you know, becoming less important in my life after I started working. <laughs> but you know, I've been through the 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 classics like Mario for the Super Nintendo and uh, the different RPGs like Final Fantasy or the the fighting games or you know Ninja Turtles uh, was it the one that was going through time? Uh, Turtles, Turtles in Time. Turtles yeah, in yeah. Time, yes. And you know, I had the PlayStation One and sixty four, so I played Final Fantasy seven on that uh, and a bunch of other games. Nice, nice. Yeah, so. All right, awesome. Yeah, so um, as you may or may not know, in our podcast here at NPC Talk, we like to ask our guests about their top three games. Are you ready, Johnny? Yes, I'm ready. I've been a longtime listener of the NPC Talk show. So. Oh, I'm so honored. <laughs> My guests are so diligent. Yeah, and I, I have to say, I really like this show so far. <laughs> you know, especially um, as I mentioned to you earlier. Um, I, I dig in the intro and the outro music. I, I just thought it was just very catchy and appropriate <laughs> for not only the show, but you as a personal... Uh, it, it feeds into... It's reflective of who you are as a host. I mean, it's got that 8-bit Aww. sound to it as well as the, the <laughs> hip-hop part of the 
um, you know, beat that brings out your personality. So buttering up your host already. <laughs> yeah, I had to. <laughs> if uh, if your top three still sucks, though, I'll let you know, Johnny. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, yeah. So hit us off. What have you got? Uh, well, a lot of games that have been mentioned already in, early in the diff- podcast I've really liked, but um, I'll mention some that haven't been mentioned yet, just because you know it. it I liked all of all of them, honestly, mm-hmm. and games were definitely an important part of my life growing up. So I I would say I'll start with the third one, um, which is Resident Evil. Okay, and I would if i had to choose one out of all the series i would go with the very original just because i'm a big believer that usually the first one is the best one it's just because it it was the game that piloted the the series and it was the game that gave it the thrust that made it into a franchise mm-hmm. um, and the reason why I chose Resident Evil is I think it was one of the first games to be uh, in the survival horror genre. Yeah, yeah, right? definitely. And uh, back then it was novel, it was new. Uh, people liked the idea of scary movies. Um, and now that they have in video game format, it just made it even more, um, you know, something to, to, to look forward to and, and feel entertained by. Mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. And Keep in mind, like this game when it was released, it was uh, rated M. Okay, oh. and I was still in elementary school, so I couldn't have <laughs> been older than a fifth grader. I, I might have been like a third grader when I first started seeing my brother play it. Um, and because my parents weren't very strict about the ratings, I, I eventually started playing it by myself. I was freaked out by the game, and. You know, looking back now, it's it's kind of silly. It's like the <laughs> graphics are really bad. It was uh, very very chalky, mm-hmm. uh, very blocky, and it just didn't look very realistic. But back in the day, it was very realistic. It was three D, um, and uh, in fact, I don't know if you guys were familiar with the series. I think one of the beginning scenes of the game was you know the three squad members. Uh, if depending on which scenario to start with, so I I picked the Jill, which is the easier difficulty, hmm. um, and so the three of you it was Jill, Barry, and Wesker, and one of their squad members, Chris Redfield, was uh, missing. And when they arrive into this mansion in the main hall, they they were saying, "Oh, where's Chris? We have to find Chris." And so they um, they search. Through the the the, the first, very first thing you do is you go through the left side of the mansion hallway, mm-hmm. and you go through the kitchen, and you're 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 with your teammate Barry because you know Wesker decided to uh, go off on his own, and so Jill goes into the room after the kitchen. The the very first cutscene of the movie, uh, the uh, the game <laughs> plays. Yeah, it, I mean it almost feels like a movie just because of the way that uh, they presented the entire game. So this cutscene plays where this zombie is eating a dead corpse, <laughs> right? And oh, oh. you're standing right behind it, and so the camera zooms in slowly while the, the zombie starts to turn left 
and looks at you with his like with blood in his dripping oh from his mouth goodness. and it was one of the most traumatizing <laughs> um things to see did as, you like eight years old yeah, yeah i was like an eight-year-old you know it's, it's just like insane um i was scared out of my pants i had nightmares about this game like day after day after day or night after night after night uh but it, it Part of the reason why I kept playing it was because of that thrill, right? That oh. the scare, that thrill. Um, and I keep in mind, I'm not much of a, a, a scary movies type of person to begin with. So mm-hmm. it, I was basically peeing in my pants <laughs> while I was playing this game. Oh, my um, goodness. Yeah. And it was great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Resident Evil 1 came out in March 22nd, 1996. Uh, it came out from multiple platforms. Uh, I believe you played it on the PlayStation? Yeah, PlayStation 1, uh, 1996. So that did, in fact, make me eight years old. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> when the game came out. Uh, yeah, so that was the first console that it was released on, but mm-hmm. I believe there was a GameCube remake um, featuring much, much better graphics. Uh, the The people looked very realistic and... The graphics actually stand up pretty well to even today, in, in my opinion. Um, and I, I never got to play the remake, but uh, it, I heard it was I, I heard uh, very good things about it. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, it seems like it came out for a bunch of platforms. I, I don't know how it works. Maybe it's oh, like, it came out from the DS too for the DS. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then yeah. Windows maybe. It, Windows also. Wow. I guess was, there was a PC port. I'm sure there was at some point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I personally have only played Resident Evil 4. Yeah. So I'm not a big Resident Evil guy, although 4 was super, super fun. It yeah. Was really, really good. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, but, I mean, fill me in here. So Resident Evil 1, what were the graphics and the gameplay like back in the day? Okay, so I would say the very first thing to notice is the fact that Resident Evil 1 through 3 had a fixed angle, meaning... If you look at, uh, say, like a picture, right, uh-huh. there, and you just imagine like someone running from right to left or left to right, okay. the, it, it just never changes. The background st- is very static, um, uh, and it might change depending on which portion of the room you're at, uh, but for the most part, it's very static. Mm-hmm. Um, not only that, but the control scheme is such that you have to always press forward in order to move the character forward. Now, conventionally in video games, when you press left or right on the D-pad, then it goes left or right on the screen. But this is not the case. You have to control the character as if you were the character in this fixed angle. So you might see the character running from left to right, but if you're controlling the character, you're actually pressing forward the whole time. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's it, very it, confusing. I, it, it is extremely confusing. And again, like um, as a kid, it was very difficult to figure <laughs> this thing out. But um, I've later in life, I, you know, I read up reviews and how people reacted to it. Yeah, it was yeah. not very favorable. People <laughs> hated it so much. I, I just, uh, I, I personally thought it was actually very um, novel. And I, I liked the, the mm. control scheme just because it kind of, it adds to the hor- horrific element <laughs> because when something scary pops up at you, I, 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 if I could just mention, like in Resident Evil Two, there was a scene when you're in you're in the sewers and 
there was an alligator, like this gigantic mutated alligator um, that was chasing you in the sewers, and you're trying to run away from it as fast as you can. Oh my goodness. And there's the, you're, you're running toward, you see the character running toward the screen, but you're pressing up, and you gotta make this sharp turn in the, uh, on the corner yeah. in order to uh, avoid the alligator and escape it very narrowly. And so, you know, if you don't do it right, if you don't if you aren't uh, very good with the controls, then you 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 basically die. And yeah, um, believe me, I've died so many times just because I couldn't get the character to do what I wanted. Uh, to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man! So so Johnny mentions that uh, it's it's silly for him to be scared as an eight year old on like an old school Resident Evil. Yeah. But let me tell you, I played Resident <laughs> Evil Four really late. So I was 23 years old <laughs> playing Resident Evil 4 on the GameCube, yeah. Yeah. and I was scared out of my mind. That was, it was so scary. Like, like you're you're in a hallway and you're like, there are zombies in this room. Like, like there's no way there aren't zombies in this room. And so I'm like walking slowly, and I'm like, dude, I, I don't want to go forward. Like, I, I'm, it's it, I'm playing this in broad daylight. Like, there's nothing scary about my surroundings. But I'm still like. Like, the little kid, like, hunched over, like, oh my gosh, please don't make me go down this hallway. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, a zombie comes up and I die. Because I'm like, oh, I knew it. It was so scary. I, like, jump up, like, oh my goodness. You know, number four wasn't even supposed to be scary. But it was so scary. <laughs> it, turned, it turned into an action game, more than anything. Because uh, it, it didn't, it lacked the the whole, uh, the dark darkness element and, um, you know, you, you shoot a zombie, like a dog or, or, or zombie yeah. down, and a piece of gold drops onto the floor. You know, you don't get any of that in uh, the, the first three Resident Evils. Like, mm. It was like you, the, the things, the, the guns and the ammos and uh, the, the herbs that you pick up, they were all limited in quantity. So mm. if you used it all up, even the saves were limited in quantity because uh. you had to pick up what's called an ink ribbon and... Uh, there was only so many times uh, you could say based on how many amount of ink ribbons you had. Mm. Granted, they did give um, more than was necessary. But if you're like a very scared player and you're you're scared that like any corner uh, might lurk a monster that will devour you at any given second, given second, yeah, you, know, you might be tempted to oversave. You know, yeah. Um, but uh, to be honest, uh, I by the time Resident Evil Four came around, I wasn't that scared because I was so desensitized <laughs> to the whole genre. I'm, I'm not playing the first thing. That sounds <laughs> yeah. frightening. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there was a boss in Resident Evil One called Plant Forty Two. Okay. And literally, it's a giant plant that moves. <laughs> okay. And it, it it doesn't have a face. It's nothing. Like it's literally a plant that moves. And it made the, they they played this really creepy uh, song. That, uh, for that boss song, of course they did. Yeah, yeah. But I was so scared. I, I like had nightmares about that, <laughs> about a plant that moves that devours you. You know, <laughs> I still remember how the boss goes. You know, you you had to get a grenade launcher uh, with the acid rounds in order to defeat it e- easily, or or either either the acid rounds or the flame rounds mm. um, uh, to destroy it pretty quickly. Uh, but you, there was a trick to it. You had to be in like a corner and like shoot as much as you can until it dies. But until then, like you, you played the creepy music. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Very Resident Evil esque. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, man. Resident Evil. It uh, it has quite quite the amount of iterations, right? There are Resident Evil five, six now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so really quickly, I, I think it might help 
help uh, our your listeners uh, just to kind of give an idea of what the other Resident Evils are like. So Resident Evil 2 was much like Resident Evil 1 in, 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 with the exception that you can choose between two characters and two scenarios. Mm-hmm. Um, and depending on how, which one you choose, the ending uh, differs and the gameplay differs as well. Oh, okay. So you might be visiting the same, the, 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 the same rooms, but at different times you meet different characters mm-hmm. um, and the overall story is different. Mm-hmm. Um, Resident Evil 3 was more like Resident Evil 1, uh, just one storyline, and uh, the, the thing going for it there was there's this giant uh, monster that wa- uh, followed you around called Nemesis, and literally, like, he would appear at random times, like, you would be in this quiet room, and suddenly he, he walks into the door, and he chases after you. <laughs> yeah, heck? like, throughout the game, constantly. It was, it was, it was scary, because <laughs> I mean, if you waste all your bullets, then you have to see him again later. Oh basically. my goodness. Um, and then for, like you, you mentioned, it's kind of, um, it, it, it's, it, the, the genre changed a little bit, it's more mm-hmm. action-oriented. Um, Leon, who was the main character, actually uh, from Resident Evil 2. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Resident Evil 5, uh, much like Resident Evil 4, it's an action-adventure game. Uh, they brought a little bit more scare back, but I would say on the, on the for the most part, it's still not that scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they did add a co-op element to it, which I thought was uh, v- very genius. Just because you are able, for the first time, to play a survival horror with a friend. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, either online or local co-op. And it added that dimension where there's a teamwork-based um portion like you you have to you need you need each other to do certain um, puzzles um but at the same time like if your partner dies and pretty much the the game ends too Uh, okay yeah so you got to start from last save point and six was more of that um and i i loved it because i played uh, five and six with my older brother it was a good time to bond and uh just shoot some zombies down together (laughs) yeah awesome awesome Mm -hmm. um yeah so that's Resident Evil frightening series um Mm. uh it actually Resident Evil has gotten some really good ratings over the years I think four I don't know about the first ones but I know four five and six were really highly heralded so Mm -hmm. um I personally haven't played too much Resident Evil but uh Mm. awesome choice Johnny do you have uh any last words do you want to say about Resident Evil yeah I I would say if you're looking for a scare it's definitely a good game um it to to the survival horror genre it's definitely uh one that has paved the way for a lot of other uh survival horror genre as mm. well mm-hmm. so. awesome awesome all right man um moving on what have you got for your number two uh okay you, you it's hard but again i i will have to say my next pick is uh smash brothers um, it's again as a series, not so much as an individual game. And I know, Chris, you love, 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 love Smash Brothers Melee. I'm a little biased, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, you know, I, if I, I guess I would pick Smash Brothers 64 as probably one of my more favorite ones mm-hmm. uh, in the series, followed by uh, Smash 4, the newest one. And, uh, you know, forgive me, but uh, the first one, because 
uh, Smash Brothers for 64 because uh, that was, again, the, f- the first one as I was telling you guys earlier. Right. And uh, the fact that I spent most... Uh, of all the Smash Brothers that came out, I spent the most time playing 64. And the concept was so new. Uh, it was just um, fun to pit Mario against Pikachu and Pikachu against Link right, and Link right. against Ness and Ness against Captain Falcon and you know the whole idea of bringing different characters from different games together in this one massive fighting game just completely blows my mind plus they are all characters that um, we grew up with and um, we learned to love over the years mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and it, it was just uh, fun it was, right. just, uh, it was just nice like uh, having that- these uh, that's like that's what they advertise right when the game it's yeah like, all your favorite Nintendo characters like in one game did you remember those commercials <laughs> that, that, that they had for Smash Bros 64 like uh, it was it was um, it was like Mario Pika- uh, giant Pikachu a giant Luigi and someone else uh, frolicking across this field oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they're like holding hands and suddenly like someone brings out a hammer or something like that and starts hitting each other <laughs> they're playing uh happy together in the background yeah, <laughs> yeah. that was a really good commercial yeah that, that's exactly how it felt like you know uh. yeah. um i mean uh granted like the first one had the least number of characters like what 12 yeah about 12 12 or 14 yeah yeah cause, yeah i think it was 12 12 it started 12, with 000, eight right? and, and then you have to earn the last four so yeah, th- I think I think it was twelve. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll go with twelve until. Okay, <laughs> you can correct me on that <laughs> if I'm wrong on that one. Um, yeah. So, okay, yeah, it's twelve. Um, so, Super Smash Bros. sixty four came out in January twenty one, nineteen ninety nine, and Smash Four, yeah, the newest iteration for Wii U, November twenty first, two thousand fourteen. So it's been 15 years. Oh, gosh. Has it really been that long? Yeah, it's been a solid 15 years. <laughs> oh, dang. Well, almost 16 because it was the beginning of the year to the end of the year. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, Smash has gone a long way since 64 to the new one. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about the new Smash 4 for the Wii U? Uh, it's wonderful. I So I, I know that from a competitive standpoint, Smash Brothers 4 uh, and... Also, you know, Brawl just did not stand up as a solid um, fighting game because of the way that it was designed. Like they took away things like wave dashing. Um, do they? Did they have Z canceling in? Uh, did they have canceling in the Smash Four? Uh, in Smash Four? Yeah. No, there's no. Yeah, there's there's none of that, and uh, I I think many of the pro players just feel very limited by the amount of movement options and the entire game is different just the way uh they balance the characters and the moves that they've introduced um and as well as the new characters right Uh, but i to be honest from from my standpoint i'm i'm not a competitive player by any means other than you know wanting to play against my friends and beating them Uh, i wouldn't go to tournaments uh like you would chris but I yep. yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, it's it's like it's it's I think it's great and I wish I got into the scene but uh, somehow uh, I that I just missed it uh, for one reason or another. It's not too late, Johnny. <laughs> it's never too late. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe you never know, right? Like uh, I could one day just uh, pick up melee and really fall in love with it again. Hey, you went to the foundry a couple of times. I mean, you didn't enter, yeah. but you you know you saw the NorCal community a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was exciting. Just. Um, 
seeing the amount of effort these gamers had put into their uh, hobby. Um, it's almost it's almost like watching a sports a sport, you know. And a lot of people might not say this or think this, but uh, I think video games will eventually get to a point where it will be considered uh, uh, some sort of sport. <laughs> you know, I mean, if chess is considered a sport by some people, then surely like these fighting video games, including Smash Brothers, um, has to be some uh, some sport. You know, actually, um, going off of that. Uh, I'm not sure how it is for all games, but I know for League of Legends specifically, mm-hmm. um, it is. I think it's officially recognized as a sport because they we really yeah. I, I don't know like the exact details, <laughs> yeah. but I know that somehow Riot went to like the U.S. government uh-huh. and was like you know like recognize this as a sport because we have like a circuit and a league and like players and stuff and so the players are recognized as athletes yeah or like e-athletes i'm sure there's a distinguishment but um yeah so like uh, league of legends players aren't like recognized as athletes and league of legends is recognized as a sport legally speaking legally speaking yes huh. I, I have these quotes up that you can't see but <laughs> yeah they're up there but I, i'm a believer man <laughs> one of these days we will uh league of legends will be on espn yeah i I mean that that day when it comes i will i will call you up chris and i will congratulate you and possibly wish you a uh, happy career in the the wonderful sports world of smash brothers yeah i'll I'll probably i'll probably be at the stadium i can't talk johnny i'm competing right now (laughs) yeah um yeah go ahead no no you good oh um yeah so Smash Four, um, okay. In a on a in a competitive standpoint, Brawl and Smash Four, um, okay. Brawl was just like uh, the whole tripping thing was probably the biggest thing. Yeah. And then uh, the floatiness was a big thing. They mm-hmm. just the, Sakurai just didn't want a competitive game, and so he did a good job of not making a competitive game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brawl throughout the years, though, um, it was always a slow game. Or slower game, mm-hmm. but because Brawl never got patched, um, there were actually some pretty cool tricks that came out of the game. Really? Um, yeah. The only one I know of is it's called Dacus, which is dash attack ca- cancel mm-hmm. up smash. Mm-hmm. I'm totally guessing on that because I'm not a Brawl player, but I'm guessing that's what Dacus stands for. Mm-hmm. But um, there were a lot of like tricks and like like different kind of glitches that um, came up through Brawl. And uh, the meta actually developed quite nicely over the years. Huh. So um, I did not know this. Yeah, yeah it, it okay. In my biased opinion, yeah. it doesn't even come close to melee. Uh-huh. But like after the years, I'm like, okay, like I can, I can show some respect to Brawl for um, for how it developed. Smash Four got rid of Brawl's um, initial problems. Right, it was a lot faster. Yeah, uh, moves are more comboable, and um, no tripping. Yeah. And so the game itself became nice, but then um, but then the whole patching thing came in, which is cool because of DLCs, which we'll get into later. Mm-hmm. But um, it's kind of annoying because all the tricks and all the th- and all the little um, like glitches and secrets that people were figuring out with characters, they got like patched out. As they well. got patched out. Yeah, I was a big Toon Link player, 
and uh, they really? patched out. Yeah, they That's patched my favorite out. character. Dude, Toon Link's the best. <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they patched out a bunch of his bomb tricks. He had a, some really cool cancels with uh-huh. bombs. They uh-huh. got rid of them. Um, they they patched the characters themselves, so it's yeah. hard to keep keep the same type of meta that Melee had because uh, the balancing co- constantly changes, right? So yeah. You know, one point Sheik is the best, or Rosalina is the best, and then now, like, I think Sheik is the best. I yeah. Know. I don't know. Yeah. But, um... There's definitely pros and cons to be able to patch the game. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it's definitely pros and cons, and, uh, y- as you guys heard in the last episode, I'm, like, kind of old school, so I'm like, you know, keep the meta more natural, but there's a lot of things to be said about being able to, uh, fix broken characters and change slight things that does make a game just that much slightly more unfun and just try to make it more fun because the developers are trying to make the game more balanced and more fun for everyone Mm -hmm. and so it's not a bad thing per se Mm -hmm. but it just develops the meta in a different way right it's really a shame though that they weren't able to incorporate uh, the same elements that made melee uh that great into the later releases, especially Smash uh, 4, because in the core concept of the game uh, bringing characters from different franchises that Nintendo owns, and in some cases from uh, you know, different companies yeah, um, yeah. major mascots, like for example Sonic and Pac-Man Snake, uh, Snake and Brawl I, I, you know, in some ways I was a little disappointed they didn't bring him back because I know. He, he was such a great character to play Snake with was so know. cool yeah, yeah, yeah um, and being able to fight against each other and oh, I forgot to mention Mega Man, right? oh yeah, 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 yeah. so this is the first time in video game history where you have four iconic uh, characters pitted against each other if you wanted to, right? Mario, Mega Man uh, Pac-Man and uh, Sonic, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in like a triple A title too. Right? In a triple A title, yeah, exactly. And I, I think they. So what, what I loved about Smash Four is just they took what was working so well in Smash Brothers sixty four mm-hmm. and refined everything about it uh, to make it into a well polished uh, game that had incredible amount of ca- number of characters as well as just. Uh, just how much content there is, you know. You, uh, you, you and I, we we don't play with items on usually, yeah. and, or even the special modes. But like, think about uh, you know kids who have access to Smash Brothers, uh, you know, for mm-hmm. today, like who've never maybe been exposed to any of these Smash Brothers, and they just have a wealth of options to play with. It's almost like back in the Golden Eye sixty four days, where <laughs> we had like the big head mode with the pink ball. Yeah, you know? <laughs> so it's almost like that, but on a, on a whole nother level, you know. Yeah, um, I think what made Melee so popular. I mean, besides like the technical aspect and like all the yeah like, cool movement options, is uh, Smash in its core. And I'll talk about this in a Smash, in yeah. a, the inevitable Smash episode. <laughs> but uh, Smash in its core um, is a little bit defensive, yeah. Just because shields are so strong, um, you know, shield grabbing, especially without like the melee, like shine and other out of um, out of jump options and out of shield options, um, shield grabbing just becomes a lot more powerful. And so you have a lot less reason to approach because you're better off um, staying defensive mm. and um, and then reacting and punishing harder. And so what Melee did, or, you know, 
accidentally did, I guess, is yeah. have all these crazy cancels and options where um, you do have uh, you do have a reason to go in because uh, because of the speed and because of all the options you have, you can trick your opponent and then get get an opening by being aggressive, which is what makes it so. Mm-hmm. What I think makes it so such a great game. Um, but Smash Four, I have to say, is so pretty, right? Yeah. HD. Oh my god! Yeah, it's such like the polish, like the animation, and everything is yeah. just—it looks so beautiful. Yeah, like I, I appreciate it for what it is. Like I can just play it all day because of how pretty it is. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's cool that you could see how Nintendo not only pits um, major characters from major franchises together, but they also place characters from perhaps lesser-known franchises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then because of that, the gamers um, are exposed to these franchises, and subsequently they, they'll go out and purchase this other game that they probably wouldn't have played if they hadn't played Smash Brothers yeah. in the first place. Like, um, the one that comes to mind uh, for me is uh, Pit. Yeah, I was just yeah. about to say Pit. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know who right. Pit is. Right. I, I, they, they used to have a game for him on the NES, I believe. Yeah, I don't, Kid Icarus. Kid Icarus, yeah. yeah. That and, game sucks. <laughs> so bad. All right. Well, there you have it, guys. <laughs> okay, it's not that bad, but it's, it's not that great. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you should have a podcast on uh, worst character, uh, worst video games. Oh ever. man, that, that's just just for fun. It's a struggle. We we our last episode that's not um it's not released yet, but it's recorded yeah. is on a bad game, and it, it was a struggle at some points to be like. What else can we talk about this? Because it was so bad. <laughs> but uh, it turned out well. So we should have a... If we have, like, a slew of bad yeah. games, then we can just, like, go to Trash Town <laughs> on these games. Speaking of which, um, I was one of the unlucky suckers who purchased Superman 64 when it first came out. Ooh, I remember <laughs> that game. Yeah, I purchased it for the full fifty nine ninety nine, and it was complete trash. <laughs> $60 back then was a whole lot more than it is now. Okay? Yeah, I mean, it's still a lot now, but back <laughs> yeah. then was nuts. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, well, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm I, going to leave that there for Smash just because um, I, I, I know that you're much more passionate about it than I am. Oh, yeah. Um, before we uh, finish up that, I wanted to talk about um, just like the multiplayer online mode and the DLC. Oh, like right. Like, how right. Smash 4 has evolved with that. Sure. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I don't... I have it for the 3DS, so I kind of have some options with it, but what was your experience with, like, online battle and the new characters coming out and stuff? Oh, I think it's great. It's... It's really well put together. Uh, the online experience is as great as Nintendo could uh, possibly have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because... As you may or may not know, Nintendo tries to make it kid-friendly, so they don't allow chat boxes um, and minimal uh, actual verbal interaction just because right. they want to shield uh, their younger gamers from any sort of profanity or obscenity right, right. You know, from, the, from from online gaming, right? Um, but in reality, we're, we're actually being shielded from the 12-year-old kids that swear every couple sentences. <laughs> so, okay. So, on the 3DS, yeah. they used to have the um, 
the, that like picto you said picto chat yeah and you can only picto chat to your friends yeah but Nintendo got rid of that option too because little kids would friend random people online like yeah. on GameFAQs or something yeah and then and then those random people would send inappropriate things to those little kids oh and so not even being friend only was safe <laughs> which is a huge disappointment because. Johnny and I got the 3DS uh, a little later after mm. PictoChat was disabled, mm. and I was so ready to send Johnny some inappropriate messages <laughs> over the 3DS, but I uh, never got the chance. So, uh... Yeah, right. <laughs> that would have been fun. <laughs> yeah, but, but uh, I was, as I was saying, basically the online experience is really well done. Like, I experience minimal lag so as long as the other player does not have a poor connection yeah I, especially on the wii u right? yeah, yeah especially on the wii u and the latency is um pretty good for what it what it is um i as a casual more of a casual gamer uh now mm-hmm. um i i feel that it's good enough that i can still uh, pull off some basic combos without too much trouble awesome and 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 so so there's that, um, but regarding say the the um, the actual gameplay between players, mm-hmm. the skill level is very wide. Like you would have people who barely know how to play Smash Brothers matched up against you, um, or you would have people who clearly play it for many hours each day, mm-hmm. and they would wipe you out with no trouble. Um, right. So. Because there's no matchmaking. Like. There's no matchmaking um, whatsoever. It's mm-hmm. it's just like whoever can connect to you as soon as possible. Like I think it's also connections uh, worldwide. Okay. So and, 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 and I'm I'm only inferring because some of the gamers' names are in Japanese uh, characters, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, it's great. I I really enjoy it. I, that's the I feel like when I'm not playing with friends, that's the. Uh, the way I would play, just go online, play someone one on one. Sometimes two on two if I'm um, feeling bored or something. Yeah, yeah. And the and even though there's no uh, like chat option, yeah, you can still disrespect people with like the Captain Falcon knee and then taunt them at the edge yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So you know, you still got the disrespect going on. <laughs> yeah, that'll always be one of my favorite uh, taunts. Yeah. The Captain Falcon? Yeah. Show, Show your moves. moves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, <laughs> I hate to go into the DLC because Johnny yeah. wanted me to get one of them that I, I refused because I didn't play the 3DS one enough. Yeah. But um, what'd you, what do you think of the th- the the DLC and the new characters that come I, out? Um, so, I believe there's, what, two two or three more characters that are scheduled to be released as DLC yeah, at yeah. some point. Um, so right now they just released the latest uh, batch, which comprised of Ryu, uh, Ryu. I'm sorry, <laughs> I grew up saying Ryu, Ryu, uh, Roy, and Lucas. Lucas, yeah, yeah. Right, and then they had Mewtwo earlier, some th- earlier this year. Yeah, I think it was great. Uh, not in the sense that you know, oh, okay, great, more characters, but they really took the time to bring back uh, some of the characters we've seen before um, and change them slightly so that it was um, it was balanced and it, it had a f- more of an edge to it. I know Roy used to be um, a very low-tier character, and now he's a lot more competent in the Smash 4. Nice, nice. Right? Um, for, for, I want to talk a little bit about Ryu specifically because 
he's special in that they, he not only retains the uh, the B moves and the A moves, but he also uh, you can input the actual Street Fighter yeah. commands and and you know uh, launch a Hadouken or the do the Shuriken using you know the the Street Fighter. They're actually and, more powerful iterations of the move. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I I think if I remember correctly, some people were saying that he might be. Well, probably the most powerful character just because given the amount of moves that he can do and some of the things uh, well, I think one of his moves like breaks a shield yeah yeah, yeah. he has yeah. the focus attack the focus attack yeah. right right so I mean I'm not sure how the balance works out they might patch him in the future but uh, it, it's awesome how they kept to the original nature of where Ryu came from right right, right. and uh, Smash in general has done a fairly good job of doing that, I mean, when you see a character like Sonic who mm-hmm. like runs super fast, and his moves like I love Sonic's down B. Yeah, feels just like you're playing Sonic where you hold down and spam B. You yeah, know, and you do the, yeah. the spin up thing. Like it, it feels like I'm playing Sonic again, right? And Ryu has that same concept. You, I feel like the same slugger mm-hmm. that I've always grew up with in Street Fighter, and they just translated all these characters so well into Smash. You know, yeah, good job, yeah. Good job, Nintendo. Yeah. There there are a lot of Capcom characters in Smash. Is there a deal, or how did that work out? I'm not aware of any. I have no idea how that works out, yeah. But I would imagine it's a mutual benefit. Right. Right, because... You know, who... It's... Capcom... Uh, Mega Man was... Was very prominent on the original Nintendo, and mm-hmm. even Super Nintendo. Um, so people almost associate Mega Man with Nintendo. Yeah, I know. Yeah, right. It only makes sense that they, they bring him to a game like this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, and then Capcom gets, you know, character advertisement and stuff. So. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was just a little surprised by the amount of Fire Emblem characters there were. Oh. <laughs> but uh, I know Fire Emblem's a huge series that people like. Yeah, I mean... I love, like, the Marth and Roy and Lucina, but they're all kind of the same. Yeah. Like, eh. yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, it's cool. And Lucina, I love her, so. <laughs> you know, you know. For more reasons than one. <laughs> yeah. um, Alright, so, that's Smash. Yeah. Awesome, number two. Uh, what have you got for your number one, Johnny? Oh, man, this is the big one. <laughs> this is, by far, my top game. Um, ever like I, I'm surprised no one has mentioned it's uh, Starcraft Ooh. the only one in Star only one only one and only the one and only <laughs> the one and only Starcraft Starcraft is one Starcraft one Starcraft one yeah let's be very very clear about that Starcraft one and Brood War Brood War yeah right uh, and uh, you know we might get into why Starcraft two doesn't deserve that uh, honor but Starcraft one I've had so many good memories. Of it, and <laughs> rightly so, just given the depth and the breadth of the game, yeah, just so many uh, different ways to play it, um, and literally, it, literally, <laughs> yeah, very literally, <laughs> and that game lasted for a good, a solid ten to thirteen years, I believe. It was. I I remember it was still very popular when I was in college, and this game this game came out in 1996, right? The first time, first the very first time. Ooh, it actually came out in 1998. Oh, 1998. Yeah, March. Are you 31? sure that was not Brood War? Or? 
I am. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. 1998. Well, okay. Well, um, March 31st. Yeah. So, so it, it fared up like a good 10, 10 to 12, 13 years. I definitely played StarCraft 1 in my dorms in 2007. Mm-hmm. So it definitely at least lasted nine years. And like that wasn't like StarCraft wasn't even close to dying like back then. Like there, there was like the whole IC cup and stuff going on still. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah, at least uh, 10 years, so. I, I still remember playing in 2010. Oh, really? Yeah, 2010? 2010. <laughs> yeah. I, I graduated in 2009, and I, I remember some, some once once in a while, like, after I come back from work, I, I would go straight to my computer and start playing uh, 3 versus 3 on BGH. Uh, yeah. classic. <laughs> the classic. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I think that, you know, I, I'm... I mean, like, I don't even know where to start. Like, single player, they had a great campaign. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just The story was... I, I It was not the best, but... It was good. It was good. It was yeah. a solid story. Um, it, it kept you engaged, and the types of missions that you went on were, uh, were fun. Yeah. You know, um, I think most of them were... You, you know, you you start off with a base, you build up your base, and you go uh, attack the enemy and destroy the enemy. But there are other ones where you're given a small command of troops. Like uh, I remember, I think it was one mission where you you command like Jimmy Rayner, uh, Jim Rayner. Yeah, I'm sorry, not Jimmy. Little Jimmy. Little Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> Big Jimmy. <laughs> and and you know he had a squad of uh, Marines and ghosts, and you would try to fight your way through. Uh, the hallway uh, using the ghost special ability and yeah. you had to just kind of keep alive with uh, the limited amount of troops because that was the, how the story went you know um, and overall like I, I would say the, the story ended on a very um, very interesting note um, oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you can spoil it the, the I, game's like 15 years old <laughs> <laughs> yeah for those of you who don't know uh you know, Kerrigan was infested, and she eventually dominates the entire uh, universe. Uh, at, at least, dom- dominates the um, the Terran and Protoss, as she ca- declared herself like the Queen of Blades. Yep, the Queen uh, of Blades. The, the very last uh, scene was um, pretty epic, in my opinion. Yeah, she controls yeah. like the like the I don't know, like the entire h- Zerg the hive. Yeah, yeah, the entire Zerg hive over mine, what what have you? Yeah, something yeah. like that. And then it was. It was crazy because you like the brood war ended on such a dark note yeah. of like yeah. you know the Zerg won and you're just like what no <laughs> I know but then StarCraft two came out and the story, <laughs> the story continued yeah like like fifteen years later so yeah 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 um I yeah just to you know reminisce a little bit I remember the mission in StarCraft one where you have to survive for like 30 minutes or whatever Mm -hmm. and then all i would do is just build the like the sickest defense yeah and then uh sometimes my defense would suck and then i would lose but but usually it was like the sickest defense and it would just destroy everything and i'm like yeah yeah you know awesome i so it's funny because you say you you mentioned that mission because I, i remember when i first played those missions I never played online, and so I, I it would be very difficult. It seemed very, very, very difficult to survive 30 minutes, um, and you struggle to keep up with your defenses. But years later, after um, playing so many 
matches online mm-hmm. with different people, improving and refining your macro skills and your micro skills. Coming back to that mission, it was a piece of cake. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. It's so easy. Like it, <laughs> like it almost felt like a, a cakewalk. It just didn't feel that great. Right, right. Didn't feel that challenging. You know. Um, to give an idea of how long ago StarCraft One came out, I remember uh, my friends and I we played Warcraft One first, and I could not tell you how big that game was, but I believe the game was about ten megabytes in size. Wow. Yeah, and so it was kind of big back then, but then yeah. when StarCraft One came out, installing with the CD, so you still required the CD to play it, that yeah. express install was 75 megabytes. Yeah. And I remember when my friends first told me StarCraft was 75 megabytes, I was like, dude, that's like my whole hard drive. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't have enough room for 75 megabytes like yeah. are you guys yeah. serious right now yeah but now it's, that's like a joke like you know <laughs> it's like hilarious there's like patches that are like way more than that now <laughs> yeah but back then i was like oh my gosh like <laughs> also to add to that just to kind of date ourselves um when we were playing we would when when uh when, when it was released it included what's what they call you know called battle net right and it's yeah. still around today and it's still like internet gaming was relatively unheard of um and people just would play together in person but they gave the option of playing online yeah right and this was during the days of um 56k (laughs) dial-up and so you know you would go through aol or whatever your service provider was net zero you would would make your you would make your phone call hog hog up the family line right and you would go you know play online uh through your 56k and someone while you're playing would always lag and because like someone calls them and so you have to wait the whole 45 seconds before you can (laughs) click disconnect and continue playing and sometimes you're the one that's you know disconnected and it shows everyone else's name yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) disconnecting was so common back then like i disconnected all the time yeah it's so common that they include it as part of your uh record so you have uh, wins, yeah. losses, and you have Disconnect. dis- disconnects. And disconnects was pretty substantial. You mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. It wasn't just like some uh, trivial number. <laughs> but the, the, the interesting thing is, like, even though it was, it started off with 56k. Eventually, DSL and cable modem came along, yeah, yeah. and uh, speed was not as much of an issue anymore. And um, StarCraft was able to sustain um, being able to be played. For long periods of time without um, people lagging or having uh, disconnections, but uh, granted, you know, people still toyed with like the the network yeah. options. <laughs> right? They at the beginning of the game, see people would spam the the key combinations to set it to either extra high latency at first to to smooth the gameplay out, but then later, after people start recognizing that. Uh, like they wanted to micro they set it to low latency right right yeah. oh yeah, yeah yeah it's crazy yeah isn't that crazy um yeah. i know uh for the disconnect things you could see people's record on BattleNet, like yeah. slash record you know incronaut yeah and uh usually it would be like you know like 100 wins 50 losses and like two disconnects right yeah that's like normal but there's always that guy who would have like like a thousand wins 
like with zero losses and then like three thousand disconnects, <laughs> and you're like, bro, like come on, <laughs> like who are you fooling? <laughs> I remember that. It was the silliest thing is people were so obsessed with their records. They they were so self conscious about how much they win compared to how much they lost that they would go that extreme. <laughs> that was so funny. Pulling out the phone line just so they can preserve their. Pr- "Quote unquote pristine record," yeah, you know, but the disconnect rate is yeah. so high. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about uh, the competitive scene a little bit for StarCraft. Sure. Um, I'm not the most well versed on StarCraft. I, I was a big Slayers boxer fan just because. Oh, so was I. Yeah, just because <laughs> he was like the man, you know. Yeah. Um, also, who's? Oh my gosh, who's the that really good Zerg player? He moved to StarCraft Two. Was it Yellow? No, um, not a. I to be honest, I wasn't um, following the pro scenes as so as so much so as much as I was playing with a bunch of friends uh, all the time. I'm thinking of Jay Dong. Oh, Jay Dong. Yeah, 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 yeah. That guy's the man too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. So, yeah, StarCraft One. Um. Oh, where to begin? Okay, yeah, right. Okay, uh, I want to start with the the basic mechanics of StarCraft and how it's different from StarCraft Two. So. StarCraft 2 does a lot of things for you, right? Um, in the beginning of the game now, you know, SCVs automatically mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, mining has smarter AI. Yeah. You can hotkey, you know, multiple barracks yeah. together. I'm not even... You can hotkey buildings, right? You, you can hotkey buildings, but only one, one at a time. Right. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and then you can hotkey, you know, more than 12 units at a time. Yep. Um, and so all these things in StarCraft 2, that makes life easier... Uh, it's a good thing because you can think more about strategy, right? You're not absolutely thinking about like, oh, like I have to click all these barracks and stuff. Um, So in some, in some sense, it's great because now it frees up the player's mind to, to be more strategic and not have to think about the little nuances that, you know, quote unquote could be like fake challenging and stuff, which I hate doing this every episode, but we'll have an episode on the, the definition of difficulty and challenge. But um, pe- some people would say, you know, oh, that's, you know, not real difficulty because you're just, you know, it's just whoever can click the fastest is the best. But yeah, in some sense, uh, that's also a different type of skill. And that was much more prevalent in StarCraft 1. You have to click, you can only have 12 units at a time. Like the microwing was insane because you have to like control all each like individual unit and... Um, and the macro was way harder because you can do only do, you know, one barracks at a time. Yeah. Uh, rallying was just, rallying was there, but it, it wasn't like as good as it is, um, to, in today's games. And like, you have to constantly switch all the rally points and yeah. I don't know, the, the micro and the macro required back then was so much more mechanically intensive mm-hmm. that, um, in a sense it made Starcraft one, um, that much more exciting because the required skill it takes to be the best of the best mm-hmm. is so easily appreciated. When you see the player cam and you just watch their mouse go, you're like, the, like what the hell? Like, are you serious right now? These the APM was insane. Oh man, yeah, yeah. I I know exactly what you're talking about because I remember I remember watching these videos of pro players. Um, not over YouTube because YouTube didn't exist back then. Yeah, yeah, um, and it was a different they, age back then. Yeah, yeah, and they would you, you would see their screen like a video recording of their screen 
um, it was moving so fast that it was I was able to barely keep up with them because of the amount of clicks and movement on their keyboards and mm-hmm. hotkeying and this amount of actions that uh, they perform at any given moment. Like it was all about APM back then. I think uh, for average pro players, uh, it, it hit around two hundred yeah, APM. Yeah, yep, that's about right. Easily, and you could uh, usually distinguish like what makes a good player from a bad player just by how many actions <laughs> per minute you did. Yeah, all right. It's it's insane. Like I remember becoming obsessed with it too at one point. Like I would download these programs that measure your APM yeah. <laughs> as you uh, play these um, melee games. Right. Um, I I think you bring up a good point about how uh, the mechanics had really excited the game because um, the, these professional StarCraft players pushed the bounds of what StarCraft could be. Yeah. No one imagined the possibilities that. Uh, were in the game until uh, people pushed it to the limit. Because right. Blizzard, when they designed the game, they didn't expect people to, uh, you know, have two hundred actions per minute. Right. You know, they they didn't expect uh, micromanagement to work exactly as it did. In fact, it worked way better than they expected it to. Um, in, in earlier, you mentioned, you know, uh, Slayer's Boxer. Now, even though I didn't follow the competitive scene as much. Everybody who was a respectable uh, StarCraft player or even uh, knew somewhat uh, about how to play StarCraft on a, a more advanced level, mm-hmm. they knew who Star- uh, Slayer's Boxer was. Yeah, yeah. Like, he was the king of StarCraft, like the, the Terran player who um, innovated so many different mi- micro um, tactics. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, uh, the one that uh, really comes to mind for him was the dropship with the the siege tank drop. Right, like he would, you would unload both siege tank, and as say like if it was a dragoon that they're shooting against, as the 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 phase uh, the phase beam or, or whatever you the, the little attack. Oh, the scarab. Is, no, no, not 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 the reverse attack, but is that what you call it? Um, that's the reverse one, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Dragoon's shot. Oh, oh yeah, the right, the circular shot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When it uh, right before it lands onto the siege tank, you would load it into the dropship to prevent it from getting damaged, uh, effectively yeah. creating uh, a missed shot, right? Mm-hmm. And so he would do this over and over, and actually, uh, you know beat these dragoons by by doing that it's just insane like what he comes up with and i remember seeing um one um one one replay where he so there was it was a mass carrier uh so so the the opponent that he was playing against it was uh he was going just um mass carriers so he just built a bunch of carriers and a a lot of uh observers to follow him around click case they were cloaked race um, so what he did was he he uh, hotkeyed I think like nine to twelve medics, and he used the scan to see the observers, and then all at once he uh, blinded all the observers that the enemy Protoss players had, mm-hmm. and so suddenly, like all those observers are unable to detect invisible units, cloaked units, uh-huh. and he, you know Boxer was able to bring in those raves and. And like destroy the entire fleet of carriers just like that. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, yeah you know, and, and it, it the amount of skill involved in pressing the hotkey that uh, those hotkeys is just 
it, like it blows your mind. Yeah, you know, yeah. Just the, the amount of uh, how fast they were do, able to do it, and how fast they were able to click on each individual observer amongst a fleet of carriers with interceptors flying. Around. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, right. Accurately too. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I think the newest patch, and I could totally be wrong, but the yeah. newest. The newest Brood War patch was version 1.16.1. According to this uh, shady site, FilePlanet, which... But anyways, it says it was created in May 20th, 2001. Mm -hmm. So if you think about it, StarCraft, the pro scene, was around a lot longer than that. Mm. So you had, like, you know, at least, like, six to seven years of non-patched play where... The game itself was exactly the same. Yeah. And, like, insane things, like what you were mentioning, were happening, right? Like, um, I know there's, like, some weird glitch where you're com- where you can kill siege tanks, siege siege tanks by landing command center on them. Oh, yeah. There was, I, I forget how the glitch works, but you do, like, some weird action, and then the command center just thinks it's an open ground and just, like, lands on them <laughs> yeah. and just kills siege tanks. And, like, Boxer was just doing that. And it's like, what the heck? But, you know, it worked. So, it, it it's just, yeah, it was... StarCraft is, is a great game. Yeah, I, 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 so one of my friends would always say, a bug is a feature. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, I mean, you know, it's obviously a joke, but to some extent, it's true for a game like StarCraft. Yeah, yeah. Because... There are things that Blizzard did not intend. Yeah. Like for example, uh, I th- so for for units like Goliaths and Dragoons, when you tell them to move to a certain location, and then you press, ho- you tell them to hold. They attack more um, quickly, and they also attack more accurately because I think they specifically. With Goliaths and Dragoons, uh, for Goliaths, when they do anti-air missiles... I think their uh, range was a little further. A little bit further, but they also had a had a little bit of trouble locking on to their target. Right. So by pressing hold, it gives that um, target lock much um, better, for lack of a better word, uh, accuracy, hmm. right? Um, and then you have the Vultures, where you can actually <laughs> attack while you move... Um, and it's this is not accomplished by you know using the attack button or you know pressing A and then left clicking, but rather you use the patrol command. Right, right. right. You use the patrol command, and you would be able to effectively shoot the pellet to hit the enemy and run away immediately as you fire the shot. Right. And so that gave uh, new possibilities of uh, microwing. Uh, f- a microwing for the entire like uh, mm-hmm. for for the unit itself, right? Right, like, right. It just opens up an avenue of uh, movement that right. you was not seen before. Gives that an, a, an extra boost to the unit itself. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, and we were talking about this in the Tiny Brains episode, but Johnny brings up a really cool point that you know a glitch or a bug is basically you know some thing that happens that is not intended by the designer, and you know for better or worse, but in a in you know well-made games right it's usually for better which is awesome um but i wanted to talk about also since starcraft is so old right uh, we mentioned it earlier there was no youtube uh there was no you know live streaming yeah. thing back then yeah. well there was kind of it was gone player i think it was gone player for starcraft one 
I watched it for StarCraft 2. It's not the same, though. Yeah, it wasn't the same, yeah. but it was, like, the same... It was a workaround more than it was a, a good live stream. Right, right. And so, like, for... Like, as far as I can remember, the only way I could watch, like, a pro game was either staying up till Korean times to watch the Koreans play live, <laughs> which was, like, you know, it starts at, like, 2 a.m. or something... Um, or you just had to, like, download it at, like, some weird StarCraft site, like, yeah. forum, yeah. and then just watch the games there. And, uh, yeah, it, w- it was great, but it was definitely a different time back then. Yeah. Shoutouts to, uh, sclegacy.com. <laughs> I'm not sure if they're still around, but I used to frequent that site a lot. Uh, not only to get my latest fix of StarCraft news... Um, especially in the days where you know they announced StarCraft Two and we, everyone was getting excited for it, but I was able to download like these uh, what what they call use map settings. Oh games, yeah, um, and I mean custom for sure. And there was a good forum with a uh, decent amount of uh, players who talked about strategies and things of that sort. I know that TeamLiquid.net was the premier source of yeah. uh, StarCraft Pro gaming, but I uh, I I'm. I, unlike uh, Chris and and some of the other friends, um, I'm not as much of a competitive player because I was so caught up in playing with friends I already knew, and that was already f- so fun in itself that it almost kind of eliminated the need for me to go co- uh, go pro in, mm. in some sense. Um, and that that's not to say that I don't I wouldn't have enjoyed it. It's just that I I enjoyed Starcraft so much already on on a um a friendly level. Yeah, yeah. I mean different you know, different players, different preferences. Yeah. So uh definitely no no hard feelings for uh for for having your own opinion, Johnny. <laughs> From uh, <laughs> uh filthy casuals such as <laughs> Um okay, so we're about to enter the realm of what truly makes StarCraft the most diverse game in the world. Uh, I mean, it's hard to say so in today's era because it's so different, but back then yeah. StarCraft was insane because you could literally play StarCraft in so many ways due to use map settings. Yeah. All right, Johnny, hit us off. What is use map settings? Okay, think of it as a custom game or a soft mod for StarCraft. Mm-hmm. So when Blizzard made StarCraft, they were absolutely genius for including a, a sophisticated state-of-the-art map maker of its day yep uh and it at first when you when you look at it 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 just seems like you could only make uh maps where you played your normal match on of starcraft on it right you build the landscape you 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 specify the start locations how many mineral patches that start location has where the expansion points and where you know the different landscapes um come together right but it's so much more than that like they basically made the the uh, tool that you can recreate pretty much anything that th- you found in the campaign missions, right? And more. Um, and what I'm speaking to is that uh, games which have nothing to do with StarCraft per se at yeah. all, right? <laughs> um, and so in the early days, I, th- I think actually Blizzard includes some of their own custom use map setting games. Yeah, they had some. Uh, that's how I f- discovered it. I didn't even know they existed, c- even when I played online, because the menu for the in- the uh, Battle.net was so uh, simplistic that it-, it was very easy to m- to miss. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And so 
Wait, uh, really quick, mm-hmm. before you get into that, yeah. I just want a quick shout out to the map editor. Yeah. That is how I first got exposed to programming. Because oh. they had like if statements and a whole bunch of like little um like simple functions that right. uh, call triggers in the map editor. Yeah. And they were very similar to how programming works. And so I don't know. That, that's just how I got exposed and makes me a programmer for today. So No, that's awesome and I'm 100% sure that's how a lot of uh, p- young people back then got started yeah. in, into programming. And I, I have no doubt about that because it is uh, a form of, you know, simple programming. So, um, yeah, sorry for interrupting your mojo. No, no. Get back no, into it. No, no, StarCraft is such a great game. Like, I, could, <laughs> I could talk about it for the entire uh, podcast if you wanted me to. But, uh, you know, get, getting right into it, the use map settings, as I said, like as Chris explained, you, you could program uh, like simple logic into it. So if you step in an area, then X would happen. Yeah. Right? So people in the early days, they made games uh, like what they called madnesses oh so, yeah so you would have say uh like marine madness mm-hmm. uh, archon madness or some sort of theme madness like even dragon ball z madness or, <laughs> or something like that but the uh, essential idea is that each player has a, a massive amount like this so it's like, so like for example it's in, the, in in this hypothetical madness like one person starts off with like a marine right and every second a new marine would spawn yeah but then another player would, uh, would be actually a zergling and so every zergling uh, every second a zergling would spawn and so on and so forth so you get different units and the idea is like you just keep pitting your units against other players um w- with their units and trying to level up or get as many kills uh, as possible in order to uh, get to the next tier of the unit because the next tier would be a, a more advanced, sophisticated unit. It could be anything. Like, it's whatever the creator decided to make it uh, to be. So, um, instead of Marine, it might be Goliath now, right? And the whole point of the game was, like, you destroy the other person's base. Yeah. Um, and usually had like nine 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 health, <laughs> and and once you destroy it, they lose, and then you go on to dominate. So at a certain critical mass or a certain critical point, that you basically win. You just have to destroy everything. That's part of the fun. Yeah, yeah. That's, and it was, it was it, it, there were so many great memories uh, associated with it because to like when when you when when this came out, it was all new. Like no one's ever heard of madnesses, and right. these were completely novel, completely new, um, and it was just pure insanity and pure fun you know? <laughs> it was so fun that i remember making my own madness <laughs> and, and, i mean granted it wasn't as good as the ones that were out there but i i had a whole lot of fun just playing with the map editor and making my own custom unit and custom like spawns and um, and having your friends play your map having <laughs> my friends having my friends play the copy uh, version of madness and usually i would have their names on it <laughs> instead of like the marine it'd be like aaron or something <laughs> yeah um yeah actually uh starcraft starcraft's map editor it got so popular that there were map editor mods yeah so that you could do even more things with it yeah um you're, you're right about that it so the editor itself was already powerful but yeah. they people um 
actually hacked into the map editor and added an element to it. I think, uh, if I remember correctly, there was one called SC Edit. Yeah, yeah right? exactly. And, and and so it allowed you to place geometric, like, ge- uh, well, it's already geometric, but uh, place square tiles, like very small uh, square tiles, hmm. right? So uh, in the map editor, you, you put patches of diagonal, like, uh, like um, diagonal squares, yeah, right. Like they they slant the square into a diamond like shape, and you know, big put big patches. But in the new one and the, these hacked uh, versions of the map edit, you would be able to put small little tiny ones. So then suddenly you have uh, maps where you would have very square and nicely cut uh, geometric mm-hmm. land areas mm-hmm. um, that allowed you to do a lot more than what was previously done before. And they, they would add a whole host of different functions. Um, they added units that weren't previously available, like just uh, named un- unused units for the entire game. Right, or, yeah. Uh, heroes that just weren't available in the map editor for one reason or another. They were all in there, and it was all to their disposal. And you would be able to add like, uh, different triggers that weren't yep. available as well. Yep, yep. Um, one of my favorite was like you you could you could turn off the lights uh, in in Starcast. So what that means is that your fog of war. So the fog of war is not there. So it's it's kind of grayed out. Um, right. And but then if you ha- so so if, if the lights are off and you had a unit that was hotkeyed and it's in that gray area, you can see the what it looks like on the map, but you can't see what's going on. And then you could still effectively use that unit while you can't see it. Yeah. So people would use uh, the probe to build cannons stacked on each other. Oh, yeah. Right? So they would build a pylon and then they put subsequently like 20 cannons in the same spot. Right, right, and, right. And when they uh, finished building, they would turn on the lights in these use map settings uh, games. And, and so like when an enemy unit comes by... Like it starts shooting like a like a like a like a laser laser almost. yeah, yeah. It's, it's almost like a laser because it's just kind of like twenty cannons shooting all at once right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was insane because they, they they brought so many new possibilities to what you can do with that oh man that w- that was called the stack right the, yeah like you cannon stack, stack or something ca- yeah stack cannons <laughs> yeah I mean the unfortunate bad uh, bad that comes out of it is like if you have a siege tank and if you destroy one you d- effectively destroy the, all the cannons all at once oh yeah yeah. yeah yeah oh man they had a I remember they had like a murder mystery game with the whole lights off thing yeah yeah that was cool too yeah Oh, now now to remind me, like there was, uh, there's there there were just so many. They they had like uh, the thing, and oh, so yeah, yeah. one person was the thing. You know, like a randomly selected person. Uh, you could you could be any of the units, and you can transform into the thing and start murdering people. Ooh. And it, the game uh, now involved not only like uh, moving the characters around, but uh, it, it was almost like a mind game where you you. You, you you talk with each other. You know, oh. you're trying to figure out who. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're trying to basically. It's almost like playing a game of mafia, right? Mm-hmm. You're trying to figure out who who the thing is, and the thing can lie and and you know try to deceive people to think to making them think they're a good guy, but really they're not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and there's just so many good UMS games or use map setting games. Yeah. Uh, what were some of your favorites? Um. Okay. Uh. Let's let's see. I I liked. Okay, I, 
I liked SCV football. <laughs> okay, I liked SCV football uh, just because it was still a game where you know you you, you it was basically a game of American football. I try to get it to end zone, but then uh, tackling is where one SCV destroys the other because all the SCVs have one life and yeah. they do one damage to and each the other. And fo- the football was like a little like Vespine like. No, it wasn't Vespine. It's was a beacon. Oh right, right, right. It was one of those beacons, and 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 you know you, you can play with teams and you know, depending on the version that you play. Uh, some of the my other favorite uh, games were um, the uh, Dodge the Rapist. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> like I think part of the fu- reason why it's so fun is because the silly, the theme of it. It's just so silly, like just the the what they call the each individual level so it's basically like a game of frogger you try to get one from one end to the other yeah but a bunch of units are walking around and you know they would have um inappropriate name that are phallic in nature <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh you're you you're like a zergling and you i forgot what you were called but it was probably not <laughs> pg <laughs> pg 13 or anything um i think they were like victim or something yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and as you advance like the units get uh faster at the ones that walk around yeah uh, to, in your way um yeah i liked um they, they they used to have a lot of really well-designed rpg maps oh, i yeah. can't name specific ones now but they were very creative and my friends and i would uh particular one friend my friend and i would play these rpgs because we were big fans of rpgs and uh they would usually try to incorporate some innovative element so some went as far as even creating a battle scene yeah no that was a final fantasy 3 oh was it really yeah that one was insane yeah Yeah. like you 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 touch like you well actually you don't even touch a unit you just like walk around like 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 you were in a final fantasy game and you know, a battle, uh, uh, an enemy appears, and you get tr- you get transported into this area where it's like turn based, and it's a little bit ridiculous, but that's crazy good. Yeah. Like they, yeah, yeah. So you had your you had your party, mm-hmm. and it was a bunch of units, and that was in a hidden location in the map, so yeah. that uh, that was your party. And then when you get into battle, mm-hmm. your party gets transported to the battle arena, and they played Final Fantasy battle music mm-hmm. while you're battling. Like they were playing outside sounds. Yeah. In this battle scene, and I think you can go through the entire game. Like it wasn't a short game at all. Like yeah. there were hours and hours of Final Fantasy gameplay, and like it was like it was pretty much its own game. Like that game was incredible. Yeah, like, yeah, insane. It was fun. Yeah, super fun. I I would stay up till three a.m. playing these <laughs> oh RPGs, and they're not even you know. Uh, worth staying up for but I just, I just did anyway because it was so it was just so fun and, and compelling yeah, yeah I, it was super addicting I I played a lot of Dragon Ball Z RPGs <laughs> they were so bad but yeah. so fun yeah 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 you would always imagine like uh, these characters being in the game even though they're not you know <laughs> and, and uh, saving I remember we saved these uh, games did you know you could save what really yeah. you could save how there's a save button. You press menu and then you press Oh, save. the like actual saving. Uh, you, yeah, you save it and then you can reopen it. And so as long as you have the original friend that you played with. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, it was really cool. And you, it worked well with these RPG games. Um, uh, they also had, uh, I think it was uh, Smash TV. That mm-hmm. was one of my other favorite ones. 
Um, it, 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 I mean, that game itself was from originally from Super Nintendo. Uh, it was supposed to be like a game show sort of style uh, shoot 'em up. So you you go from room to room, and you know, Starcraft mimicked it and created its own flavor. So instead of these Smash TV uh, zombies and monsters, you'd see Starcraft units. Mm. You would win prizes and move on to higher difficulties, get special power ups. Uh, all sorts of things, and there was always a strategy of how to win uh, each room and stuff. So, nice. yeah, awesome. it was very, very well made by these uh, people. Mm. Very awesome. Yeah, I, I was all about the. Uh, my main game was the Matrix Four Way Three Race, and it was just your typical. It was like one of the first really robust uh, defense games mm-hmm. that wasn't the line going up and down. But this one, um, it was five players, mm-hmm. and it was pretty much a cross. And you could be uh, all three races. Then you can just make any unit or any building or whatever. And the units would just go across and you would just... Um, oh, yeah. Beat them. You know, it's funny because... I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but Tower Defense really took off with StarCraft. That, that came after the Matrix one. But yeah, Tower Defense was really, really good too. Yeah. Uh, well, just the whole genre of Tower Defense because... Oh, yeah, you're right. Right? right? Because, yeah. because after StarCraft... Like you would see, like plants versus zombie, yeah, and and like these one-off uh, iPhone games where they they had uh, just basically the concept of tower defense, but in i iPhone i iOS uh, games, yeah. yeah, right. It's like like defender, you know, castle defender. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it did. It originated from StarCraft. Yeah, DMS. that's crazy. Yeah, that's that's what I'm talking about. It's like it's StarCraft. It's just amazing. Oh, mind blown! It's <laughs> incredible. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I, mean, I I could go on, but you know, I, I there's just so many. Like, just to list a few. Um, there are a lot of bounds bounds games. Oh, have you ever played a uh, Britney Spears bound? No, but I I think I've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I wouldn't be surprised if there was one. There was a there was a Britney Spears bound and yeah. uh, Kerrigan. Yeah. Human, human Kerrigan was Britney Spears, <laughs> and she would be like, she would be like, oh, you know, if you beat this bound, you get to see, you know, eighteen plus mature pictures of me, and then <laughs> and then she would say he he, but it was spelled H I H I, and it really bugged me. Yeah. But as a teenager, like I was like, dude, you know, you don't actually, <laughs> obviously, you don't actually see these pictures. But I had to beat it because yeah. you know I'll, I'm like, I just have to win now. <laughs> oh, you know what? Uh, they used to have these stupid UMS maps where it was basically a picture. And <laughs> do you remember that? Yeah. Usually it was a naughty picture. <laughs> and you 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 join these g- games, um, and the game ends like 10 seconds after it begins but the basically the mini map is a pixelated picture of whatever it is that they wanted to I show I played it once yeah I remember yeah. it was so bad like it, it, I, I don't know why people get off on this because, like if you really wanted to look at that kind of stuff there's the search engine like outside the game you, you see better pictures um, more of it you know they put it in Starcraft too we're really making UMS sound like NC-17. <laughs> yeah. Most of the games weren't that bad. Yeah. We, Johnny yeah. and I just so happened to run into the bad ones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but on, on topic of good ones, you know, there, there were, you know, micro micromanagement tournaments. Micro tournaments. Oh, yeah. They had Nexus Wars. They had uh, those impossible scenario games. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like R-Contact, Firebat Tag, uh, whatever have you tag. 
they had special forces. They yeah. had they had zone control. Um, they they there's just endless amounts of different types of games that they had, um, and they were all available because you know someone decided to make it. And yeah, it was great. It's just being it was like playing a new game every time almost. Yeah, they're all they're all free. Yeah, they're all incredibly diverse. Yeah, and they were all fun in their own way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we spent so much time talking about that, and uh, you know, we haven't even gotten really to the, the the actual regular part of the game, like where you play top versus bottom or melee mode. Um, which, by the way, um, they had what they call team melee mode, and I don't think a lot of people knew about it because there's not a whole lot of games whenever you go go on it. But in StarCraft Two. Uh, for Legacy of the Void, they're they're coming up with what they call Archon mode, right? Right, which is just a rebranding of Team Melee. So it's essentially it's the same mode, but they just call it Archon mode now. And what it is is you 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 have just one base, but two people control it. See, uh, I don't believe Johnny. But at the same time, Battle.net was yeah. a little bit hard to traverse. Yeah. That it's so possible that I just yeah. missed it all these years. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 you missed it. I, it's there. I, I I played it a few times, and it's very different. It's very different, to say the least. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is this is the game for me. This is, like, the game. And I, I think definitely having a lot of uh, friends who played it with me... Hmm made the difference because not only was it a, a, a game of depth and breadth but it was also a game where I was able to uh, socialize with the friends I knew from school yeah 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 Yeah, and it was just awesome like when you can't go out and when you're just at home and you guys both like, done with your homework or whatever and you guys uh, just have uh, some time to kill yeah battle net you know one of the first like yeah. real internet experience yeah for games yeah I, I had I we had our channel that we always went to, Pikey. Pikey. Yeah, P I K E Y. Every every time you, uh, we uh, log on to Battle.net, automatically join that like, <laughs> slash join Pikey, and all my friends would know. No, so it became like the place to hang out. Uh, okay. Yeah, it was, it was pretty awesome. We uh, our our channel with uh, some of my. Uh, family friends we had a clan watermelon clan watermelon <laughs> yeah, that, was a, that was our little channel so. yeah <laughs> oh gosh shout outs to clan watermelon <laughs> we we had worse we had like holy brothers or we had uh, angels of strife or Ooh. some AOS and you used to be able to do the the curly brackets oh yeah, yeah in yeah. your name to signify your uh your clan in a clan yeah yeah <laughs> I, I had like at, at least a dozen different accounts and they all had a substantial amount of wins on them and, and, and losses and you know disconnects of course <laughs> yeah i did not pull out my plug for to to avoid a loss mm, i have a few times okay maybe in the early days sure <laughs> later on it's just way too silly um yeah i think i think my quote-unquote ghetto teenager asian days we had uh factors of chaos <laughs> factors of chaos as our clan <laughs> oh, yeah um yeah but i think honestly i think johnny and i could go on for hours about uh all the different ums games and all the different modes for starcraft yeah 
but uh, you know, I think uh, I think now is a good time to close out. But uh, do you have any last words for uh, StarCraft? Uh, this is a hard one. Part of me wants to say I kind of wish that you know StarCraft Two didn't come along because it sort of destroyed the whole StarCraft One mm. scene, and now um, the StarCraft Two is really uh, comprised of people who play hardcore competitively and none of my friends really play hardcore competitively the whole game was built around that and yeah. it was difficult to create the same vibe it wasn't as fun by any means and you know starcraft 2 does this thing well and everyone was looking forward to it um and rightly so you know it, it was a game that had a lot of expectations going to it and i, I would say they did, they delivered a pretty good job um and it's just not the same anymore and yeah. no, no one plays Starcraft 1 uh, as far as I know when I log on to Battle.net my, <laughs> my account's gone now and uh, I, I just see Korean texts on the, uh, the join join game screen yeah yeah so. even even arcade mode is uh, different now they don't do they even have one anymore no in Starcraft 2 oh in Starcraft 2 yeah, yeah like arcade yeah. mode's different and like with indie games coming out and stuff like yeah. it's just a different scene now yeah and I also feel like it doesn't ha- nearly have the breadth that uh, Starcraft One custom games had because yeah. nowadays if you can program a game in Starcraft Two, why not just program a iOS game right. or make your own indie game and sell it? You know, right? So yeah. it's it's difficult for uh, the Starcraft Two custom game scene. I mean, yeah. they still have some, but it's not the same anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, Johnny's top three. We got the Resident Evil series. The Super Smash Bros. series and StarCraft. Uh, not the series, but StarCraft 1. <laughs> but uh, awesome top three, Johnny. Uh, stellar games. Um, I, as a as a cas- filthy casual gamer, you, uh, you had some solid titles I approve of. So, um, <laughs> yeah, thanks for coming on to the show. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, hopefully uh, we will hear from you soon. But uh, for tonight, guys, this is episode 21 of NPC Talk. My name is Inkronaut, here with Johnny. And uh, for tonight, we are out. Have a good night.